Hello and welcome back to the No Drama Podcast. I'm Pastor Hoffman, and here with me is Zach Lesher. Uh, say hello, Zach. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for coming back to the mediocre. <laughs> yeah, I found out today that we're probably going to get sued for that. I found out <laughs> that, uh, that there's another podcast out there that is actually better at being mediocre than we are that use that. So uh, I don't want to. I don't want to have those guys being uh, coming at us like a bunch of angry spider monkeys. All right, we'll retract that. What's a good word in place of mediocre? Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Steadfastly, steadfastly. Oh man, no, that sounds terrible. How about we could always go with um, uh, No, maybe not. (laughs) You know what? How about this? How about you people in the audience? You tell us what what's a good word for mediocre, uh, a good replacement. You you come up with it. Yeah, that'll work. Well, then I get all excited. I'm like Jojo, the idiot circus boy with a pretty new patch. You got it today. (laughs) yeah we got to figure something out so that you know those other guys you know i don't i don't want them to be all hating on us and and you know we're maybe a lot of things but let's not be copycats no and those guys are awesome uh you know again we we said in the first podcast we're both fans of pastor wolf Mueller's teaching so uh definitely check out their podcast over on uh, table talk radio it's good stuff yeah well, fan might be a strong word, but you know, no. <laughs> it's a mediocre word. Yeah, it's a, uh, we got to think of something, you know, I am a, I am a casual listener, uh, something like that. Um, but as we uh, get on today, we have, uh, um, as far as the Roman stuff we're going to talk about, because we had some good stuff. I mean, the No Drama Facebook group has actually kind of exploded out. And a lot of people have been asking so many good stuff. I think some of it is really worthy of uh, worthy of discussion too. And and if you're not, if you guys haven't uh, posted any questions for us, or if you haven't sent in any uh, Lutheran stuff, at gmail We're always happy to answer the questions there. Um, and there's and, and the only thing I would hope is that it's something that would be useful as as standard. Um, standard lutheran stuff as for or i should say more of the basics like don't don't write well how how uh how heavy do you think the baby jesus was or you're kind of jesus look i like <laughs> so you, you you don't want to you know some of the weird philosophical stuff i don't know i don't know how many angels can dance on the head of a pin i don't know but if it has something to do with redemption with the lord's supper with forgiveness this kind of stuff um, the, anything in the catechism, fair game, you know, this kind of stuff. I would, I'd love to hear from you on that. Yeah, I would say Book of Concord. Yeah, anything in there is good, but uh, we don't want to go outside of that because everything we do is to point back to law and gospel and, uh, you know, right to Christ. So uh, we don't want to get outside of, oh, is, is Jesus a carpenter? Well, who, who cares? You know, how does that affect our salvation? Yeah. You know? Let's let's stick to Christ and Him crucified, as Paul says to the Corinthians. I knew nothing among you except for Christ and Him crucified. 
Yeah, which which people think, well, that's too narrow. I'm like, really? I mean, how? Yeah, they wrote a whole. They wrote sixty six books on it, so. <laughs> so yeah, that's. Uh, if we stuck with Christ and Him crucified, I don't think we'd live long enough to cover all the topics. Hey, Amen. So Luther has some. Uh, maybe it's not Luther. One of the church fathers. So they have a quote, you know, that the the scriptures are so shallow that a child can understand them, but they're so deep that you could, you know, drown in the depths of the ocean. Something along paraphrasing, probably butchering it, but. Well, as a as a joke, we all said that about learning Greek in the Book of John because. Uh, John is is uh, shallow enough to everybody can read him, but he's also very nuanced and he's deep enough to drown in. And it's also the most kind of straightforward Greek. I love you. You really think you can read Greek after you take that and you read John. You're like, I can read Greek. Then you open Luke and then you're like, I can't read Greek. <laughs> <laughs> or or trying to untangle Paul. You're going, ah. So, um, as we get into chapter two of, uh, Romans, this is kind of an interesting cause it's following up on the, on the unrighteousness of, of chapter one. And, and, but he makes a, he makes a pretty, I think an important, uh, shocking for many people statement. He's when he talks about, you have ex no excuse. Oh man, every one of you who judges for in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself because you, the judge, practice the very same things. And all of a sudden, I learned that uh, in the church, St. Paul is, is uh, accusing perhaps us of the, the horrible thing of, of saying that, what is it, it hypocrisy. <laughs> you know, and, and so... It, and the truth of the matter is, is when people put themselves in the judgment seat and they're up there, uh, they're up there and they're they're trying to be God, uh, really, in a nutshell. Yeah, we don't want to judge with, uh, you know, Scripture is not telling us not to judge, but we want to judge with righteous judgment and make sure that, that we judge ourselves first, like Jesus said. Um, take the log out of your eye first, and then you'll be better be able to see the speck in your brothers. So when we judge, we want to judge with righteous judgment, and uh, you know, call our brothers to repent in a, in a in a spirit of gentleness, not a spirit of 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 the Pharisees. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of that for people when they say you're just being judgmental, and all, I like to use the seventh commandment: "You shall not steal." Um, is to say that no you're actually got to understand god has already judged stealing to be sinful and so when i merely say hey put that down that's not yours i'm not judging you you've already been judged the fact that i'm pointing it out doesn't mean i'm picking up on something and running with it it's not my judgment i'm ju a righteous judgment uh, if we're going to be honest is the judgments that god has given us through his law Exactly, you know, like, and that reminds me, uh, with with like the school shooting that just took place. Uh, there was a lot of memes out there. Well, where's God? Where's God, dude? The fifth commandment: you shall not murder. That's where he is. He's already spoken and ruled on that, and he's already put government, you know, first use of the law to curb that sin. So, you know, th this stuff will be dealt with. Um, you know, it's a tragedy, and it's your job, old Christian, to pray. Uh, 
that these things stop. But we know from Romans 8 that God works all things together for our good. And, uh, you know, he's spoken in the fifth commandment, you shall not murder. So, you know, and, and then he's given us government to back up that authority so so as to curb sin. Right. Um, and that I think you make a really good point. The saying, for example, you shall not murder. Well, when does chaos enter in is when God's word is ignored or somebody tries to see, supersede it. And whether it's murder, stealing, adultery, uh, paganism, it doesn't matter. Anytime those other things uh, come in, well, following with it is chaos and lawlessness. Uh, yeah, you know every like yeah that nails it perfect and 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 to to pick up on that the same people that are uh, blaming God are the same people you know that are completely lawless because they're ignoring His word. Abs yeah, it, I honestly think that so oftentimes when people say, "Well, where is God and all this?" I've known a lot of people that they don't believe in Him, and it's sort of trying to thumb their nose at a Christian, and then they want to uh, kind of rub it in your face. And and as a Christian, I would say. Well, where has God promised that in a fallen and broken world, nothing evil is going to happen? Yeah, you know, we talk about using the Lord's name in vain. Uh, you see on a lot of shows, they say, you know, Jesus Christ or whatever as, as a blasphemous term, right? And, right? and they're the unbelievers. It's always, it's always struck me as, well, why don't they say, oh, Odin, you know, or... <laughs> Oh, Allah, you know, why Why not that? Why does it always have to be Jesus, you know? So we can see right there, there's kind of an, allu uh, an alluding to that they know who the true God is, you know? Well, it's certainly um, that we're in uh, Bible study on Sunday mornings here. We're studying the large catechism. And today the topic was the second commandment. And um, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And we started, and Luther has some pretty amazing things to say on this, of any time the name of God is invoked, it comes with it a sense of, of, of respect. And so when people were doing something wrong and trying to get away with it, they would blaspheme his name and say, I swear to God that I didn't do it. And then people would say, whoa. And so they would they'd have to consider his position because now you've invoked the name of God. But in the Middle Ages, Luther said, nowadays, though it's rampant, when uh, sin is accused, God's name gets drug in as, in as a way to try and justify the, the evil doings of people. And so he was saying it was in a pretty sorry state back then in 1529 as well. Yeah, you know, something like that comes up. I won't do it. I don't ever swear to God. Uh, just because, you know, you never know the secrets of your heart. You know, you might think you're innocent, but you just never know. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. I like you said, that, that invoking God's name like that carries such a reverence with it that uh, we definitely want to be careful, you know, if we're going to swear, you know, when we, when we swear by God's name. Oh, and I... It's true. Even with my kids, we talk to them and, and, you know, they've had the they've heard the swear word where we're asking our Lord to damn someone to all eternity. And, and 
that's a really bad use of his name, but also to look at me and say, oh, I swear to God, I didn't do it, or to say, um, you know, the OMG thing that was such a big deal back a few years ago, and or or when you're upset going, Jesus, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, and like I said, go ahead and substitute that with Odin, because, you know, us Christians, we get tired of it, so yeah. use Odin's name in vain. I know, that would be kind of funny to say, you know, what in the name, in Odin's name are you talking about? They're like, who? <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to find some really ancient, you know, you know, what, or actually a funnier one from Ghostbusters. What in the name of Gozer the Gozerian are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. And we'll be good. But uh, getting back to Paul here, I find this interesting that he says, you... You man have you have no excuse, um, you know. Um, for everyone, every oh man, you who judge those who practice such things and do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God. You you make a good point about saying you know these people. By the way, he's talking about hypocrites that. Um, that it falls on them now. They've placed themselves in the mercy seat, and they're the ones dueling, dueling out judgment. And yet, at the whole time, while they're saying you shouldn't do this, and they're doing it, and while it may be true that even though do as I say, not as I do, but the truth of the matter is, Paul is talking about people who are saying that they're at this level to do this, and yet they're proving otherwise. But when he goes into here a little bit deeper, uh, you know, when we start talking about that nature of what the law requires and everything, there was a pretty long standing, and I, I'm pretty sure it comes from the Pharisees, the belief that, well, if I just keep the law, I'll be saved. And um, there's a really good note for those of you using the Lutheran Study Bible, um, a note on here about how uh, people were thinking that if they just kept the law they would be saved and Christ was Christ was the one who had come and even the young rich man well sell okay great keep the law sell all that you have and come and follow me <laughs> and of course the young rich man walked away with his heart heavy because he he's finding that he can't keep the law and Jesus will find anything that you you know okay I keep the law and he looks and says really <laughs> And so, and if you're keeping the law to be saved, guess who you don't need? And we're away from Jesus again. Exactly. And, you know, another thing with the rich young ruler, uh, a lot of people spin that text because it says, good teacher, what must I do? I, you know, what, what, notice to when he says I, uh, Jesus tells him the law. But the uh, tax collector, you know, says, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus says he went home justified. Um, but he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He says, why do you call me good? There's no one good but God. Now, if you're Jehovah Witness <laughs> and you've taken that out of context, that fits perfect for you. But what Jesus is saying is, hey, I see your heart, dude, and you don't believe I'm God. Why are you calling me good if you don't believe I'm God? Oh, sure. And that, that's that all the way. That just gets me. Because it, Jesus has does not have an identity crisis, but people people are always having an identity crisis with him, 
And yeah, that that example just kills it because again, why are you calling me good if only God is good? And um, <laughs> the Jehovah's Witness thing. By the way, I think it's important since we got his permission. Um, this this podcast is brought to you in part by uh, Nathan Zawada, who uh, provided some technology for Mr. Lesher, and so. Nathan, you're out there, I know, because you were doing a little tech assistance for us today, and we wanted to say thank you very much for your uh, wonderful gift to our to our No Drama podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we really appreciate your work and uh, technical assistance. So, <laughs> if we have tech problems, we call the Luther No Drama Tech Guy, and that's Nathan, and and uh, his generous donations have made the clarity and auto audio much better for everybody so thank you nathan yeah definitely i i because we did want to get his permission and he was like uh okay whatever i don't care you know because the the dude's not looking for any notoriety he just says you know what you guys have a cool thing going and i want to help yeah that's right so uh we really appreciate that you know i mean the the, the technical side alone is worth a million bucks so, you know, we were we were having technical difficulties here for almost two hours before we got going on this podcast, and we 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 uh, pinged Nathan at the end, <laughs> uh, and and he was walking us through some stuff, but somehow miraculously everything came back on. So you know, I didn't want to mess with anything at that point. So oh yeah, so you know, it's it's working, and and we're like, so I got that going, which is nice. <laughs> so we may not have an awesome podcast, but our technology is working good for us. Yeah, someone's gonna have to name that podcast for us too. But, uh, so yeah, whenever he call, whenever we call him, we're like, I was checking the uh, specs on the end line for the rotary girder, ladies and. <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, and it's still not working. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he's definitely, uh, God bless you, Nathan. Um, so as we, uh, as we get along here, uh, where was it? Uh, gosh, there's something here that just caught my, okay. Uh, but if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and approve what is excellent because you are, uh, instructed from the law, and if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? <laughs> as soon as that, I'm, you're just reading it going, yep, 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 ah. <laughs> Because again, the, the hypocrisy, you know, you teach this stuff and that stuff is good and it's good for the people hearing it. But be aware that if you're if you're teaching the stuff and you're you're not believing it, you have a problem. Yeah, again, that, that the only cure for that problem is Jesus. And, and let's not forget, Paul, he knows his audience because he was a Jew and he was uh, uh, a Pharisee and from the tribe of Benjamin, etc. So uh, he knows what he's talking about here when he's laying it down for Jews to read. And when he's calling them out, he's like, uh, hey, I know what I'm talking about, you know, because I was one of you. So, mm -hmm. 
And and that also, you know, kind of his street cred is just to say, look, um, let me just tell you, he's not just shooting from the hip here. He's well versed in the thought of the day. And but he's also now, thanks to the revelation of Jesus Christ that he had and his further studies of the scriptures, that, um, you know, modern man and uh, the time and their modern thinking had really diverged away from the word of God. Yeah, unfortunately, they miss the gospel that Paul preaches right here. He says, God's kindness is meant to lead you to, or do you not know that God's uh, kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance, but because of whose? Your, your hard <laughs> and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. Well, that's, uh, you know, again, for anybody who's sitting there going, well, I, I think if I just keep the law, I'll be okay. Well, it's kind of a dumb question uh, because you can't. And it's just not going to happen. But for the for those of you that, you know, that were thinking, well, you guys are going nuts on the law. Well, it's important to uh, to kick to kick down the doors and, and not just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And to seriously, because now when you hear when somebody who is so crushed and they're saying, well, it's true, I, I am a lost and miserable creature who can't uh, uphold the law. Well, the truth of the matter is, well, this is why God sent his only begotten son is for the people who aren't good enough, <laughs> which is everybody. Exactly. And, and we go back to the comparison of the tax collector and of the rich young ruler. One said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? The other one said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Yep. One went justified, one went away sad. Isn't that amazing? Uh, or how, I thank you that I'm not like those other people. <laughs> yeah, I thank God I'm not like those Lutherans. <laughs> I mean, what a confession of sin. Thank you that I'm not like other people. Oh, what a... And the other... And the, the one that's pounding on his breast, you know, have mercy, have mercy... And, and he walked away not for screaming, have mercy, but he walked away justified because the fact is God does have mercy on sinners. And that that's his promise right there. He, he His belief that uh, in his truth that, that God does forgive him, well, there is how he walks away justified That it because it's a truism. Exactly. So, I mean, that's why we confess in our liturgy. Um, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I mean, I wonder where we got that, right? Oh, yeah. Well, again, another good, another, uh, always a good segue to talk about how our liturgy points us to biblical truths that we can rely on. Exactly. And, you know, the comfort there, too, that, that brings us back to the day we were baptized, you know, that that's that's what it's all about is is. The, the day that God originally saved us and then, you know, absolution and uh, and that is just a return to that day. Uh, repentance, uh, you know, being worked through the law and uh, salvation being worked through the gospel. So, Oh, I love it. You know, and 
this should be always a topic on every podcast we do, but the proper distinction between law and gospel is really the bread and butter of the church, in my view, because it points us to the two great teachings always of God. Exactly, you know, and for anybody, you know, interested in further material on that, C.F.W. Walther's Law and Gospel is like the go-to book on rightly distinguishing, um, and I highly recommend that for, for reading, you know, if you want to be- better understand how we understand Law and Gospel and the distinction. I think it's one of the, I think it's one of the most awesome reads, and and just to put a plug in for our own our own uh, uh, synod of the the readers edition that's come out, uh, I think really does justice to the translation and the footnotes. Really help a person to sit there and read it and have a really better understanding of not only just these two doctrines, but how to understand when you're reading the Bible to say. Oh, I like that, but that, that that's a law statement and that's a gospel statement and and having those kind of things kind of under your belt keeps can kind of keep you out of being kind of antinomian or a full-blown Pharisee or you know things like that. Yeah, and uh, you know I have the reader's edition. There's a free copy of the King James, but like you said, the footnotes and everything, they're, they're great. So I ended up, you know, spending more money to get the reader's edition, even though, you know, there is a free online version um, for those interested that it is public domain, but it is King James, and it's a little harder to track with if you're not uh, understanding uh, Old English to begin with. Yeah, well, the also the Law and Gospel uh, that was put out, and, and this is the English one that we used, and I actually still have an edition of it uh, that we used in seminary, was the one that was put out by the Australian Lutherans, and uh, it was kind of not really translated as, as much as it was kind of reinterpreted to make it sound like a doctoral thesis, whereas... Walther was actually trying to be quite pastoral in his lectures, and so the young pastors would be uh, hearing a, a pastoral lecture, not just a dissertation. Yeah, uh, and, and for those who don't understand what we're saying when we say law and gospel, um, you might not have been introduced to this, but uh, I'll quote Peeper when he says, you know, the, the Holy Spirit uses the law to crucify and mortify the flesh. Uh, and the gospel is that Christ died, was buried, and rose three days later for our justification. And uh, the gospel is what saves. The law is designed to kill. So uh, we don't look to the law for salvation, but the law still guides us on what's holy, good, right, and true. And, um, you know, we look to Jesus for our salvation because nobody keeps the law. Right. Um we're actually coming up here on the, the two-minute warning. And, man, this is like the fastest half an hour. I tell you what, man. We've had a, we've had a, really, good, a really good run at it today with some technology problems. But um, as we get to the end of the program, I'm, I'm really excited that, uh, that we were able to do this. And uh, I, pray that, I pray that everybody who was able to hear this got some good use out of it. And... I'll let, I'll let Zach take us out here. 
just uh, have a good week, everybody. And since we talked about uh, Romans 2, you know, check it out. Get into the text. And uh, check out Walter's Long Gospel since we talked about that also. Uh, God's richest blessings to you.